0: Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the back country to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you've faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. Well, friends, it's that time again. We are going to do another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. This is going to be Women in the Outdoors Part 3, and this is the story of my dear friend, Miss Chrissy Hay-Knox and her biggest mule deer buck to date. He was Route 65, and she put in the work. Her and her family decided to do things a little bit differently. Chrissy always loves the coveted late-season archery blacktail tag here in Western Oregon, but this year she decided to do things differently and go after a velvet mule deer buck, which is on my list for sure, and it's really cool to hear how exactly they put in the time and the tactics they used to find where these bucks were, how they moved the trail cameras, and how she ended up getting this job done. It was definitely a lot of work for her, but the reward was worth it. There's also a video I will be posting on social that really highlights the emotion and and how captivating this moment was for her. It was filmed by her awesome boyfriend, Stacy, who was in the blind with her that morning, and it's a real cool story. So I'm definitely looking forward to you listening to it unfold. Um, Chrissy is somebody I cannot say enough good things about every guest I've had on my show has just been a true gem, but Chrissy is somebody who stands out to me. She's always been somebody I look up to 100%. In fact, before I started my bow hunting journey about four and a half years ago, I was very new to social media, and it was about the same time I I picked up a bow. I had an Instagram account that just kind of sat idle. I had no idea what a hashtag was, but somehow or another, I was on there, and I remember in my early years, I looked to mentors or those who I felt like were doing things what seemed like the right way and at the time learning to shoot which release I wanted to use which bow I wanted to shoot how I wanted to you know form my own draw cycle and shot process was so new to me but she was one of the very first people that I came across and later I met her at Bowtech through an event there and we got to work together a little bit with Bowtech and she's just somebody who is always a hundred percent and Um, Just the way she smiles, her, her, honestly, her hugs, just everything about her um, is just, I just adore this woman. So definitely go give her a follow Chrissy Hay Knox on social media. And uh, let's just roll right in and let this story unfold for her and how all this went down and the success that she had. But I'm telling you what, make sure you head over to Instagram, Uh, even on Facebook. I'm going to post her video that shows her finding this buck and finally getting to put hands on his beautiful velvet rack. Here we go. So, Miss Chrissy. Oh, so, why would you talk- save
1: me for last? This is going to be such a let me. <laughs> no. Oh, please. <laughs> please. No way.
0: you got all kinds of stories. Who, who oh even goodness. knows where to start? Uh,
1: most oh wait, are most we of of to them I this year tell, or last tell year or the year before? I, 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 uh, I did have a really good year um I it, it's been a different kind of hunting for me these last few years like like these ladies I I hit I hit the dirt with my boots hard I mean we go 12 13 miles a day we're up canyons down canyons I mean there's there is no rest at all and that's how we hunt for elk and and then like Amy we uh, I love the late-season blacktail hunt on the western side of the state. So that's pretty much been my life, elk hunting the early season and late blacktail um, in November. So that's just kind of how it's been. I never really um, focused on mule deer a whole lot. The only muleys I shot were if I got an opportunity to spot and stalk while I was elk hunting. mm mm-hmm. um, and that was pretty much the extent of it. And I almost hoped I didn't because I didn't want to lose my late season. <laughs> so, um, so it was just kind of that was. It my had attitude. to be the right it muley. It had to be the right muley. But I, the last few years, um, we've we just felt like they're kind of like you're talking about trying something new. is something we'd never tried. And there's a big part of our state that is just full of reprod and not super big mountainous. It's not great spot in stock country, but there's big muleys that hide in this stuff. And it's not it's not something you can just get out and walk through and kill something or see something. It's it's not your best tactic. I mean, truly, the best tactic is to pattern them, and sit and wait. And I just it was something that took me a long time to get my mind wrapped around. Like, can I hunt this way? But I'm gonna try it. I want to mm-hmm. at least try. I want to see what this is all about. Because I see these guys shooting these big velvet muleys all the time. It's like, okay, I, I want to do this. So um, about four years ago, we started putting out cameras in May when, you know, when the antlers are starting to grow and, and got salt out, got feet out, and started... Pa- I mean, if people think that all you do is walk out, you know, sit yourself on a salt, hang a tree stand, and shoot a buck, no. It is the most time-consuming hunting I have ever done, and I had no idea it would be that way. I mean, it starts in May... And you're watching every deer. You're setting up, I mean, for one trail, I might set up, you know, we might move the camera 15 times to try to see where they're transitioning. It's like, okay, well, they're coming here. This isn't where we want to be. We want to find, you know, where they're transitioning to their bedding area. Or So, I mean, you play this game all summer long. The amount of fuel you spend, the amount of time, the, the miles you put on your boots, I mean, I... I should keep track of the hours, but it is by far the most time-consuming hunting I've ever done. And it's so fun because it goes all summer long. And I learned that this was a really cool way to get my kiddo involved when maybe he can't be, you know, 25 feet up a tree with me when he's six years old, but he can be out doing all this. He can be the one checking the trail cameras. He can be the one, like mom, this is your target buck. And so that draw was huge. So we really picked up on it the last few years. And we, my family's had some success. We shot, we shot some really nice bucks and little bucks. And I mean, they're all, they're all trophies. Um, but this year was a game changer for me. Um, I, I'd kind of had a rough summer and not too many people even knew about this, but I injured my back early on in the year and, was unable to do a whole lot. I couldn't shoot. I hadn't shot my bow all summer. Um, I hadn't been able to run. I hadn't been able to do anything I normally do. I could hardly even work. So, um, as the season got closer, I was getting really nervous and I had been uh, forcing myself to put my pack on and, you know, throw, go out and check trail cameras. And I was hurting it. Sometimes I couldn't stand for more than a minute at a time. And I went into some intense physical therapy. I mean, I was determined, mostly for elk season, but it's like, I've got I've got to do this. I've put so much time into this. I, there were some bucks on my camera showing up that, you know, I knew more than likely they'd disappear like they do every year on opening day, and I never see them again. But it's like, I need to at least be there to make sure. So um, as the, like the last two weeks before the season started, um, by the grace of God, I started feeling better. And I was able to go out. We hung tree stands. We put out blinds. And these were all last minute. I mean, some of these were like the week before, which is something we never do. We try to have all our stuff out two or three weeks at least ahead of time. So it really felt like, oh my gosh, this, we're not doing this right. So that, you know, this is all that, wrong. This, this is all wrong, <laughs> which means it's going to go right. Right. Um, so, but we did it. I'm like, we got to try. We got to try. So, um, we got several tree stands set up, and we had some good bucks coming in, but they were starting to taper off. And um, I t- two or three days before the season, we went and checked cameras one more time, and had had to make the decision. Kind of like you were talking about with having too many choices. It's like, oh my gosh, if I pick the wrong <laughs> the wrong camera to sit, and this one shows up over here, you know, you're always playing that game with yourself. So finally, I just made the decision. I'm gonna sit here. I just feel it in my bones. I'd had a really nice, um, started out as a five-by-five coming in, and he was beautiful, and he was fairly consistent. I'm not, he wasn't super patternable, but he was just a cool buck, and as the season went on, he became a six-by-five, and it was actually my son that told me I had to shoot that buck. Mom, you have to shoot that buck. And I am not a picky person. Did he name the buck? We named it Route 65. (laughs) We <laughs> did. And, uh, and, he, and he told me, he's like, Mom, you have to shoot that buck. It's the only one you can shoot. I'm like, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, I am not a picky hunter. I mean, I'm, I'm a meat hunter, too. And I just love, I mean, I get literally as excited over a little forky as I do a nice 4 by 4 I truly do. I mean, I'm shaking in my boots, crying. It doesn't matter what it is. So I said, how or about. Or a turkey. Or a turkey. Amy, yeah, Amy's seen that a few times. <laughs> And, uh, so I said, how about, you know, there's some, there's some nice threes coming in. Can, can mom shoot a three point? He's like, sure, sure, I guess. But I really want you to shoot route 65. I said, oh my gosh, please, you know, <laughs> come on, God, <laughs> throw me a bone here. So, um, opening morning, um, my boyfriend Stacy and I went out to, and we actually ended up having to set up a blind. I prefer a tree stand just because you can see more, um, because you can't, you know, you're over there in that pummy dirt. You can't hear them mm-hmm. coming in a lot. So I like to be able to see stuff. I like to get my scent off the ground. And it just wasn't an option. There were no trees where I needed to be sitting. Um, but we went out anyway. And we went out super early. We wanted to let our scent settle. We took a big, long, sweeping circle around around the whole area to get into our stand. And um, I just remember sitting there in the dark. We were there for like two hours before it got light, just letting things settle and I just remember thinking about Jesse. He was back at camp with my parents. All of our kids were there. All the parents were out hunting. And I'm like, oh, he just never been with me when I shot him. If pretty much anything. He's never been that close by when I shot a deer. And I said, oh, I just I just remember praying. Just, just please, just let let today be the day. Because he's here. He's so excited about this. I'm like just, just let something happen. I want him to experience this. So after first light... I heard just a noise off to my right, and I was kind of positioned where I could see better. Stacy was tucked back in the corner of the blind, mostly just to try to film or or help me. um And I kind of just barely—I just wanted to see what it was, and I could see one side of a 4 and I'm like, so I kind of tucked back a little bit, and it's and it's a four-point we've been watching. So I was trying to tell him what was going on and. I lean forward again, just trying to see. And he's he's not watching us, but he knows something's off. He's, he wouldn't come down the trail any further. How close was he? Oh 18, 19 yards probably. Mm-hmm. He was just in front of he's a 20-yard tree. Yeah. yeah, he knew he <laughs> yeah. He knew something wasn't right. And the, about the third time I was just trying to cap just look far enough to see if I could see his time to try to get myself positioned, he was gone. I'm like, oh I'm like, that was my shot. I'm like, did he hear us? Did he smell us? You know, do you just sense us what, you know, and, and a lot of times that's your only shot. I mean, anybody that you've yeah. done it, it's like, that was it. That was it. I could sit here for the next 28 days and I'm never, ever going to get that shot again. So I really, it was like, my season's over. And uh, I'm never going to again. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat there and and uh, Stacy cheered me up a little bit. He's like, it's okay. There, You know, there's lots of bucks coming in. And it wasn't 15 minutes later that it became blatantly obvious why I didn't get a shot at that four point. Because all of a sudden, there were bucks just coming one after the other down the trail. First a little forky, then a three point. I'm like, okay, now we're talking. I'm like, I'll shoot that one. And this a, a second three point actually crossed right in front of the blind. He was like six yards. And so he was just standing there. And behind him, I see just antlers Coming, I'm like, oh, I don't know which buck that is, but it's big. And about this time, the three point moved out of the way, and the big buck turned his head, and I could see that telltale little fork that that six by five had. And I just remember looking; it was like the second coming. <laughs> I looked at Stacy, I'm like, it's him. <laughs> because your eyes were this big. And he was probably like 35 yards, and he was just kind of circling around the other bucks, doing what he does. And honestly, I never in a million years thought I was going to get a shot at him. There were six bucks there. Small, medium, but they, they were just one after the other down the trail. They were crossed in front of each other. I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm going to get a shot, but we're looking at him in person. We never, ever get to actually see these bucks we watch for months and months. And he's kind of circled around, and every time he'd come into the into the camera. He always came head on, so I'm like, ah, even if he comes in, he's going to do what he does. He's going to give me a quarter two shot or a head on, and neither one of those I want to take at this distance. So, we just waited. I'm like, there's a nice 3 point stand there. I'm like, if this goes on too long, I'm going to take him. And the big guy came in and all of a sudden he squared up and started walking in broadside. And but he, there were two bucks in front of him. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So He got to a point where I could see his vitals and there were bucks close. I'm like, well, I'm going to get drawn back and just be ready for whatever happens. So when I drew back, I was, I mean, I was as quiet as I could be, but there again, he sensed, they sensed something wasn't right. And it was like the waters parted. The, the forked horn went this way, the three point went that way. And it just, it was like, oh, he was just left standing in the middle and I'm at full draw and he's at 22 yards. And I just picked my spot, and I'm notorious. I never see where my arrow hits. I never have a clue. If it's a good shot, bad shot, I have no idea. And I shot, and it had that, you know, just that good whack. And uh, even Stacy couldn't see because he had been trying to tuck himself up in the blind just to stay out of view because that one buck was still standing there at six yards off to the side. So he was, <laughs> he's like, he had, he was trying to film it with his phone, but he's like, he's got his head back here. He's like, I didn't see anything. And I said it. Should, it felt really, really good. And I said I put my top pin on him, and he ended up being twenty two yards. So I'm like, ah. Now you start second guessing yourself. Mm. I'm like, oh, could that two yards make the difference? Did I drop my shoulder? You know, I'm like the shot felt really good and it sounded good and he, he looked it and and uh, it was the longest hour of my entire oh of my entire life. And uh, as we we went ahead and got out, we gave him we gave him. Almost a full hour because it was cold that morning. It was first light, and I wanted to be sure. And as we walked up to where my, you know, where I shot, it was instant, instant blood. I'm like, oh my gosh! And it was it was good blood. There was no arrow, but there were, there was bubbles on everything. And so at, at this point, I started calling. I started calling. My, my poor brother was in his tr- in a tree stand, and I'm like, I have to Facetime him. <laughs> I'm like, so I Facetimed him. <laughs> my I favorite kind come. of FaceTime. Uh, and he's like, i like, I think I did it. <laughs> he's like, You're getting <laughs> He's like, I'm coming. So, um, so it was actually pretty cool. Normally I I like to, you know, wait for the party to get there and we'll do the tracking together. But this one, there was just something about it that I needed to just find this buck on my own. I needed. Stacy was with me, but I needed to find this buck. So we went ahead and tracked it. And anybody who's seen the video (laughs) on social media, I literally bawled like a baby. I cried like a baby when I saw him laying in this big patch of reprod, and you could just see his antlers sticking up. And he literally got bigger when he was on the ground. And it was, it, it was just one of those moments where I, I couldn't wait to call my son. I couldn't wait. To, you know, to show him, buddy, you get to be a part of this. And, you know, this and this is the most amazing thing. Guess what mommy shot? Route 65. And I got to FaceTime him, and he got to see the buck, and he got to count all the points. And when when we walked up, I walked back to the truck because he wanted to be a part of it all. He mm-hmm. said, can, can you wait for me? Can you wait for me to do, to quarter it up? And we were a mile and a half, two miles in. I mean, it wasn't a short walk. But my dad brought him all the way out, and by then my brother and my sister in law were out by the trucks. So we all walked in together as a family, and I let Jesse follow the blood trail in, um, and he got to be a part of all. Of it. He got to do all the pictures. He got to um, help cut off the backstrap. He packed the entire. He packed both backstraps and the tenderloin out by himself uphill, um, and and it was just his little face. was just like, Mom, we we. We got Route 65 yeah. we got yes, him. Yes. we got him I told you you could do it and it was like yes you did buddy yes you did so hopefully next year we don't have like some mondo 9x eight on he's like you're gonna shoot that one you can't shoot it yeah. I don't know if we' we'll, I don't know if we'll be able to do this again but this is an awesome memory so um, so yeah just having him there for that day literally made it 10 times better but he he was a really cool he's a really cool buck he's got six on the right side and and definitely my buck of a lifetime i don't intend or expect to ever shoot anything bigger and i i can die completely happy with that muley uh and he was in perfect velvet which was super cool they're hard to pack out that way now Mm -hmm. that i've killed a velvet muley i never want to do it again i want them to go hard horned because they're a lot easier to get out intact but he is a really beautiful buck and uh, definitely at the taxidermist. So, <laughs> But yeah, that one, that, that's going to be a story Jesse and I have forever. And like you said, that's one of those moments is a teaching moment, you know, that I want him to take with him and say, my mom did this, you know. I respect the heck out of that. And, you know, I want to raise daughters to do that. I want to I let my future wife know that she can do this, you know. So I, being a mom of boys... Like, you are, and, and you, and being a girls, it's like we have two sides of the fence that we're trying to raise for the same purpose, to take away that stigma of being, you know, mm-hmm. a female hunter, and I, I feel like that was a huge start for him. He's eight now, so it was just a, it, it was an eye-opener for me, and it was definitely a turning point for him
0: to see that whole process happen. So. Well, and he's been there and been a part of so many things. He has. the aftermath of exactly. that. Exactly. seen you bring him exactly. home. And I've seen your guys' picture where he, you know, he's <laughs> got his little toy gun out and he's got his little turkey yes. or whatever it is. Yes. And, you know, so he's being a part of that. But this it, sounds like this, it was like the next he, level. This
1: was his, and and he was a part of the before. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he was our camera checker. He was the one, he'd be the first one to plug it into the phone and tell us all, oh, yeah, that... That four by three was back on this day. He's here every three days. I mean, so he got into the actual scouting part of it. So he owned. He he yeah. had ownership mm-hmm. in that buck. It truly was a family buck. And like I said, he said we. That was the. I mean, that the best thing he possibly could have said. Not you got him. We got him, Mom. We got this. We got Route sixty <laughs> five. I'm like, yes, we did, buddy. Yes, we did. <laughs> He's as much yours as he is mine. So,
0: That's so cool. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. So cool. <laughs>
0: I really, really love how Chrissy talks about the process of, you know, looking into putting up cameras and figuring out where these deer were traveling, finding those really important transition areas, getting into their bedding spots. And this is something I want to cover in full detail um, from an industry probe here before too long is the tactics that you can use when using game cams. Trail cams can be so important. And, you know, of course, I hunted years like many of us did without ever using cameras. And, you know, then you started to get into it and it just brings so much more life to the hunt, even on the days or in the hunts or in the areas that you feel like, gosh, well, I don't see that much sign. You put up a couple cameras and before you know it, you're crawling with critters. So it's super fun. We'll definitely be covering that in an upcoming episode, you know, tactics for setting out game cams. But again, it was just really neat to hear how she was able to get Jesse, her little son involved in getting him out there and, and having him go out and drop feed or move cameras or figure out where they were and look for sign and. As she said in this podcast, you know, that all started in May, which for many of us, that's just, it's a nice time, you know, when the spring hits to get back outside to start putting up cameras. So as much as I love the late season archery blacktail hunt here in Oregon as well, I think I'm going to set my sights on a velvet mule deer buck. So thanks so much, Chrissy, for that inspiration. That's always been one of my big bucket list items is a mature mule deer buck in velvet. So I think that I'm going to be following suit here and taking you up on that I want to just give a shout out to all three of these ladies Amy Hartwig April Cooper and Chrissy Hay Knox for coming over just sitting down and catching up it is so awesome to have like-minded passionate strong women to share this journey with and I know many of you who listen are on the same journey with us. So thank you all for being a part of the, her inspired journey podcast. I cannot wait for what's coming in 2020. And I think you're going to be pretty dang excited as well. I just want to encourage you again, if you have not already, Or if you haven't on a certain platform, would you please leave a review on the show? Just tell us what you think, give it a a rating, and let us know what you enjoy about the show, how it makes you feel, and what it does for this path that you're on right now. We would love to hear from you, and of course, you are how this show grows. I want to reach more women in 2020. Grow the community of women hunters and keep this tradition that we have alive. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you go off, have an awesome day. Be sure to head over to social to watch that video and reach out to these ladies, give them a big virtual high five. One more quick thing before we go, a shout out to our sponsor, Backcountry Fuelbox. They are doing something a little bit different right now. And depending on when you listen to this episode, which is hopefully right about now as it's coming out, they are doing a 25% off a yearly membership. So usually their box comes out month by month. You can choose to do it for a month or three or six or 12, whatever you want to do. But right now they're giving a 12 month subscription for 25% off. So you'll get $40 worth of value. Um, and you're going to pay roughly $25 for that membership. They've always got good stuff. The quality of the, the snacks, meals, everything that they put in their boxes are amazing And they also offer a discount if you find something you can't live without that you can order more for usually 20 to 30% off. So go over and check out backcountryfuelbox.com, get them while they last. Well, ladies, that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration, some good advice, and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, the topics or ideas and your feedback. You are so valuable to me and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.